We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. And as you're waking up today or if you're heading to work or heading home from work, whenever you are taking a listen to your favorite Packers podcast, um, feel pretty good about it. It's Wednesday, and the Packers are 9-3 and three and have officially secured a winning record for the first time in what, three years, last two years, losing records. So winning record for the Packers this week. It's got to feel great. Uh, But let's start with this. So the Vikings lost Monday night to the Seahawks, which I don't know about you guys. I know not everybody's a fan of Seattle. I certainly am not. I'm sure most of you are not. But I was rooting for Seattle to beat Minnesota because I always like watching the Vikings lose. It helps the Packers, and you got to take care of your division, right? Well, good news is for Packer fans, the division is over. Green Bay, at this point, has won the division as long as they don't do stupid stuff. The division should go to Green Bay. The Vikings game in Minneapolis no longer matters now that the Vikings lost Monday night and are now 8-4. and four. If Green Bay wins the other three games, which this weekend against the Redskins, which they very much should win, the Bears in Green Bay, they should win that game. And if they go to Detroit in the last week of the season and win that game, they will 
at worst finish 12 and 4 and given that the Packers would then finish with a division record of 5 and 1 the Vikings have already lost two division games that game in Minneapolis doesn't mean anything as far as the division is concerned so feel good about yourself the Packers at this point should win this division really they should win the division with the the four games they have left they should win for sure three of them you'd like a fourth one go 13 and 3 and see what you can um See what you can conjure up, maybe getting a, maybe getting a first round bye. But that being said, feel good about it. Nine and three, winning record. They're going to make the playoffs and should win their division. So with that, and I, I didn't introduce myself. Shame on me for not introducing myself. My name is Nick Schmitz. I am your host for today, and back with me again, Jacob, Maggie, Jacob. We are glad to have you back this week. We missed you last week. Uh, it was still fun without you. Because uh, Maggie and I talked a lot about Thanksgiving, which is my favorite holiday. So I really, real quickly, Maggie, how was your Thanksgiving? Any birthday tweets for your dad? Yeah, Andy Gilbert. Um, there was one tweet, and it was from Andy Gilbert. So Andy, one, thank you for listening to the show. Two, thank you for acknowledging my dad's birthday. He was very touched and, quote, felt like a celebrity. So that was pretty cute. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> And Jacob, I presume you had a good Thanksgiving? Yeah, pastor on the baby like a hot potato because there were some people <laughs> from the family that hadn't met her yet. So that was kind of cool, but it makes you kind of sad because then when I want to hold her, I can't because everybody else has. But no, it was a good Thanksgiving. Uh came really close to getting a Bears win or a Bears loss, excuse me, which would have been fun, but that didn't happen. Got to watch the Cowboys lose, which is always great. Uh, and then rooting against the Saints didn't quite work out, but I saw two onside kicks recovered in the same game, which I didn't think was possible. Uh, but, yeah, no complaints. Thanksgiving, I'm with you, Nick. It's one of my favorite holidays, and I think it's funny that one of my friends, her five-year-old son, she sent me a video, and he says, why does everybody want this to be Christmas? Today is Thanksgiving. So I thought that was kind of funny. I couldn't agree more. It's uh... – it, it's it's its own holiday and should be treated as such. So, well, Damn Skippy. I'm sorry, what was that? Damn Skippy. <laughs> so, well, anyway, uh, so feeling good. The, guys, division should be within reach at this point, like I said there. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of want to go back a little bit to Sunday's game against the Giants. 31-13, kind of what we expected. I, I, I think my biggest takeaway was the fact that after they got dropped by San Francisco, you know, about 10, 10 days ago now, bounce back win, but you really expect against the Giants. We didn't really learn much other than the fact that once again, they came off, they, they came away from a loss with a great bounce back game with a win. Uh, again, something you'd expect over the Giants are not a very good team. Um, so didn't learn a whole lot, but just... Um, you know, quickly, Maggie, a quick takeaway from Sunday's win over the Giants, if anything. I guess it's hard, like you said, to measure because it's a now 2-10 team, but I think this was one of the more complete games that the Packers played. Aaron Rodgers said he wanted to get hot in December, and he did. Um, the defense uh, forced some turnovers, which has been paramount to their success. Um, so assuming the running game gets going, I think that this was a pretty good showing for Green Bay. I would agree, and, and you know, you you, uh, you hit the one thing on the head that I thought was really kind of concerning from Sunday's game was the lack of a run game. Uh, you'd think that against the Giants you'd be able to do more than what they did, but um, that was about the only thing that really stood out to me as a negative. Jacob, I mean, any any quick thoughts on Sunday's game? 
They won by 18 on the road. Zadarius Smith is unblockable. Um, Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns. I mean, you weren't going to learn a lot if they won because everybody's thinking that they they should win because it's the Giants, and that's correct uh, to a, to a large degree. So I'm just happy they won. It's one of those games where you take every win you can because at this time a year ago, they had fired their head coach. They had won four or five games or something ridiculous like that, and they only ended up winning six. So they've surpassed their win total uh, from all of last year, and if they win the rest of their games – they will equal their win total from each of the last two seasons. So for all the negativity and stuff that surrounds, and I get it, it's part of the deal. Uh, the Packers are a good team. Whether or not they're a great team, that remains to be seen. Yeah, well, and the, the other thing, too, that I learned from this weekend, I didn't learn it from the Packers game, but Packers fans should feel a little bit better about the 49er game. You never like to get rolled like they did, but given how well San Francisco played against Baltimore this past weekend – don't feel too bad because Baltimore is a great team, and San Francisco is really proving that they are a they're a, they're a true complete team. They're a really good team. They're a team that you don't want any part of. And while the final score of thirty thirty seven to eight is very concerning, don't feel too bad because we kind of now know that San Francisco is legit. So with that, want to jump into Maggie? You had the idea of doing a midweek mailbag so that's what we're going to do today we put it on twitter got some of your questions we're going to answer a couple of them here for you guys so um let's start uh with our first question here it comes from anthony he wants to know what matchup you would like to see in the playoffs maggie i'll start with you um are we okay i guess i need more clarification and nick you can decide are we talking about versus like who I want the Packers to play or just most intriguing matchup in general? I would say let's let's do a, a matchup for the Packers because uh, I feel like that's probably what Anthony's getting at here. He wants to know uh, – I, I, I would think that he wants to know what matchup would be beneficial for Green Bay in the playoffs. Honestly, I – after Monday night's game – I think that the Packers match up pretty well with the Seahawks and it feels sacrilegious to want the Packers to play the Seahawks in the playoffs. But especially if something happens and Seattle ends up being like a fifth seed, if Green Bay ends up lucky enough to host one or two playoff games at Lambeau, I do like their chances against Seattle. Um, But I also think that Lambeau is one of the biggest advantages to have when you look at teams like the Niners, when you look at what the Vikings are used to playing in their stadium um, outside of the elements, the 49ers, the Saints in a dome, um, Dallas in their stadium. This is looking at who the playoff teams might be, making any of them come to a 10 degree, potentially snowy uh, Lambeau Field, I think, aligns really well kind of with what the Packers can do. But I think I would say the Seahawks at this point because I don't think they'll get lucky enough to have the Cowboys come right away, which would be ideal. I, yeah, I think I think uh, Dallas is the obvious choice just because of all the playoff teams. They seem to be – I mean, they, they're they very strange because their talent would suggest that they should be better than 6-6, six and six, but – the reality is they're six and six teams, so I think Dallas is the obvious choice. But Jacob, you think what's what's your best playoff matchup for Green Bay? January eighteenth, two thousand and fifteen. We all know what happened that day. Maggie just kind of alluded to it a little bit. 
I've often said ever since that day, I've never wanted anything more than to see the Green Bay Packers take on the Seattle Seahawks in a playoff game at Lambeau Field because vengeance is a dish that is best served on a frozen tundra. And there's the only matchup that I would want to see in an NFC Championship game is against the Seattle Seahawks and to beat down Russell Wilson and to stick everything in there the way that they did to us five years ago, four years ago, whatever it was now. I think I'm with Maggie. I think Green Day matches up well. Seattle struggles to protect the passer. I know Russell Wilson has that Houdini devil magic thing that he does. But honestly, Seattle's been, I mean, for all the talk about how fortunate Green Bay's been in some of their games, Seattle, I think somebody said it last night. It might have been Patrick Darty from uh, Roto World said the Seahawks are like the Chargers if the Chargers won. And they win these games in these ridiculous – like they're winning by 17 points last night. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll watch one more series and I'll go to bed. Well, then they have a coverage bust and now it's 34 to 24. And then DK Metcalf fumbles and all of a sudden it's like it's a ball game again. So it would be a crazy game. I know that. But I think that it's a game that Green Bay can win and it's the game that I would want them to win. Well, I, I, I would agree, Jacob, that it's a game I would want them to win, but I just I got I got too much painful memories with with Seattle. I don't I don't want any part of it. But I will say, talk about playoff matchups. I, I think at this point, with what you've seen from from the NFC, I think the one team you don't want any part of is San Francisco. We already saw how that went. Um, I wouldn't want any part of San Francisco. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I know this this is going to sound weird, but. I would think that, honestly, one of the better playoff matchups for Green Bay would be New Orleans. And the reason why I say this is because you kind of get, with with New Orleans, you kind of get the best of both worlds in the sense that if you go to New Orleans, it's a hard place to play, but you're putting Aaron Rodgers in a dome, which is always going to be helpful if you have to play on the road. And if they have to come to Green Bay, it's cold. That sucks. But the one thing that I see from New Orleans why I think it's a good matchup for Green Bay is New Orleans has a lot of playmakers, but they don't really have an over-the-top threat. Michael Thomas is a great receiver, but he's not a deep threat. And one of the big things Green Bay really struggles with is they are really bad at giving up big plays. And while New Orleans certainly can create big plays, I don't think they're necessarily a team that is going to, although I guess with Green Bay's coverage, you could certainly argue that it would turn out that way. But I, I don't know. Something about New Orleans gives me a feeling. It's it's not an easy win, but I, I do like the, the matchup as far as the defense is concerned there. Drew Brees is not a mobile quarterback, which uh, mobility mobility quarterbacks always hurt Green Bay, it seems like. So um, that would be the matchup that I like. I'm sure a lot of you out there think I'm crazy. I'm sure the two people I'm talking with here think I'm crazy, but um, – <laughs> I'm going to go with New Orleans. I, something about it just feels good to me as far as a matchup goes. But um, So we'll move on to the next part of Anthony's question here. Is, uh, and I think it's, I feel like I know the answer to this question because I feel like our podcast specifically, the three of us have been talking about it ad nauseum for the last like eight weeks. Uh, what is your personal biggest area of weakness on this team? Uh, Maggie, I, do I really need to I, – I think, I think that we all have the same answer here. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about a very specific position, I guess I would say inside linebacker, but I also think that the defensive line kind of ties into that. I think the weakness, of course, is defending the middle of the field. 
Um, so whether that is um, getting help opposite Blake Martinez, moving on from Blake Martinez, I know that that's going to be a topic of conversation this offseason is what kind of happens there with him. Um, and if 2020 there is a Martinez roaming the field with the communication helmet or, you know, someone else in his place. Um, but I think that's definitely the area that this team needs to improve on the most. Um, they fixed up their edge rush, their corners and safeties are playing pretty well. Um, so I think just that glaring weakness, especially in like crossing routes in the middle of the field, leaving the tight ends open, getting gashed by uh, big runs, definitely the interior D line and then the middle of the field with the inside linebackers. And Jacob, I mean, as far as, as far as you're concerned, any, what would you say is the biggest weakness on this team right now? I mean, they make a lot of big plays and that's great, but they, they give up way too many big plays. Maggie just mentioned a bunch of them and the reasons why I think Mike Patton's a little too passive with some of his stuff. I'd like to see him be a little more aggressive, uh, but you know, I'm not the coach and Mike Patton's a hell of a lot smarter than I am, but just from what I've gathered, I think he, uh, he could be a little more aggressive in some situations. You're giving up big plays anyways. So you might as well try and make a few more like they're playing this, they're playing soft and they give up at least one 40, 50 yard play a week. It feels like so they give up too many big plays. And I know you mentioned that um, the saints don't have some over the top uh, receiver like that, but I mean, Ted Ginn is old as can be, but he can still run by people. Alvin Kamara can make guys miss in the open field. I mean, you're going to face some high-level playmakers in these postseasons, and you can't give up plays like that if you're going to try and get to and hopefully win a Super Bowl, which is you know what this team's goal is. But, yeah, I think they give up way too many big plays. And, again, we it's like, like I said, we've been talking about it feels like for the last eight weeks now. Anything to do with it covering a tight end? is honestly a huge area of weakness. Even you saw that they struggled to cover the Giants tight end this past weekend. Uh, I mean, he didn't do as much as what other tight ends have done, but again, it's a consistent problem, and it was a guy that I didn't even, don't even know who he is. Still couldn't tell you who he is right now as a backup tight end due to injury, but just a middle of the field tight ends, really just not a, not a strong suit uh, for the Packers team here. So, um, we're going to move on here to our next question. This is, comes from Old Fashioned. Uh, my apologies for you listening. These are Twitter names, and not everybody uses their actual name. So, um, Jacob, this one, I'll start with you on this because this, as you say, is your adult son. Thoughts on Josh Jackson? What should be done with him? Should we move him to safety? Does he get cut? Uh, so just, Jacob, initial thoughts on Josh Jackson. Second-round pick from last year out of Iowa. Um Seemed like he was getting some decent playing time near the end of last year and has thus disappeared this year. Yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, you know, he's a second-round pick. Uh, the whole idea of him being projected to be a first-round pick, I mean, mock drafts don't really mean a whole lot. I mean, I, they're fun. I love doing them. I do them. I read them all, all that stuff. But that doesn't mean that the NFL really thought he was a first-round pick. It was just that was the evaluation. But I get it at the same time. He was a top 50 pick, uh, and he hasn't panned out thus far. He was a healthy scratch for games. That's definitely uh, something that needs to be done. Um, he needs to get better. Uh, as far as, like, moving positions or trying to cut him, or anything, I, I think that Green Bay needs to pick his position. What is your long-term vision for this guy? And keep him there. Don't bounce him around all different places. 
But the idea of cutting him or moving on, or I mean, I just don't see the purpose. I mean, it's not like he's making a boatload of money. His presence on the roster clearly doesn't hinder them from playing other people. So moving on just doesn't do a whole lot for the Packers. So he needs uh, he needs to get better. There's no question. But, uh, I mean, there's no reason to get rid of him and pick his position. And, Maggie, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be a lot of the same there, but your thoughts on, on Josh Jackson, what Green Bay should do with him, maybe move him um, as far as position. I don't know. Safety, they seem to be – dare I say, kind of set right now, it seems like. But, um, I mean, it, what what use of any can he be, you know, maybe heading into the playoffs this year to this team, if any? I mean, I think that Josh Jackson is still one of those project guys, and I know that fans don't love to hear that when you have people like uh, Rashawn Gary. Jacob, I'll pause. Go ahead. It's Ram Show, bro. All right. So when you have people like Rashawn Gary, um, who are drafted very high and fans expect them to make an immediate impact to me, Josh Jackson, um, is a developmental guy that's looked really good in the preseason. Um, but right now he's playing behind Jair. He's playing behind Kevin King and he's also playing behind Tremont Williams. Tremont Williams is going to be 37 in March. So, I mean, his contract is up. I don't necessarily think he's going to be back in green Bay. I think this is his last hurrah. So that might open up some opportunities for Josh Jackson. I think that this training camp in 2020 will be a big year for him to see um, kind of where he belongs and where he fits on this defense if there is a place from him uh, or for him. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's too early to kind of either, like, move him or think about trading for him or anything. I think that 2020 will be that kind of big deciding year kind of like everyone thought uh the josh jones experiment would be and then you know that ended the way it did do i think the same thing will happen with josh jackson no but i do think that this is kind of a big off season for him and determining his long long-term success in the league all right well we'll get to our last question here and uh maggie i know you so help me here if i pronounce this wrong is it sandro I always thought it was Sandro. Sandro? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Sandro writes, and this is kind of a maybe of a next year question a little bit. Uh, won't certainly won't be happening this year, but uh, he is a German-European native and would love if Green Bay would finally come to London and play a game in London uh, and wants to know if we would make the trip and what our thoughts on uh, Green Bay finally playing a game in London would be. So, Maggie, I, I don't know if that's that's quite the trip to go all the way to London, but would be fun. Uh, but thoughts on Green Bay finally playing? They are, they are right now the only team in the league that has not played a game over in London, and I think there's a couple of reasons for that. But, Maggie, thoughts on Green Bay going to London at some point in the near future? I feel like it has to happen in the next maybe like two to five years um, I think, like he said in his tweet, it will be um, when they're a road team. Um, but I hope my husband isn't listening too closely to this because I would, like, blow my bank account to go see the Packers pay, play in London. Like, I would do whatever I could to make that happen because – that. oh, I just heard him make a noise. He definitely heard me. But <laughs> that would be so incredible. And um, Sandro did offer to buy us a beer if we did show up there. So – you know, after my hefty airfare and uh, hotel accommodations, at least I know that my beer will come at a low cost. Hey, there you go. That's that's spoken like a true Packer fan right there. So, and uh, Jacob, I mean, your thoughts on Green Bay going to London? 
Um, and I don't know, we, we, would you be able to make that trip? Uh, as long as it's a road game and they're not giving up a home game, if I'm going to be selfish when it comes to what they need to do, then yeah, that's I'm going to want them to give up a road game instead of a home game. Although with the 17-game regular season schedule that the new CBA is proposing, I'm guessing there'll be eight home, eight road, one international. That seems to make the most sense. That way you don't have to worry about teams giving up games like that. Um, so the owners can get all the money that they so desperately crave. Um, as for if I'll uh, be able to go, uh, diapers and formula are expensive. So, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> um, unless, I guess, we could start wrapping the baby in some newspaper or something like that. But I think that's frowned upon in the modern society. I think I think you're right. Uh, all the way across the board there with, uh, with everything, but... Um, yeah, I think I, Maggie. I think you're right. I think it's going to happen in the next couple of years. Here, I think part of the league thinks it's kind of not fair that Green Bay is the only team that hasn't gone yet. I don't, certainly don't care what the rest of the league thinks because there's a good reason why Green Bay hasn't gone, which is because Green Bay is too good to give up a home game, and none of their road opponents want to give up Green Bay because Packer fans travel so well. So I think that's really where your issue lies. But I do think that. Uh, at some point in the next couple of years, I think it's going to happen. So keep an eye out for it, uh, to Sandro. It, it would um, it would definitely be a fun experience. Uh, is something though, as uh, Jacob, you mentioned that uh, diapers and formula are expensive. I'm learning that being married, uh, newly married, is also not necessarily the cheapest thing either. With everything that you would want to do as far as a house and cars and everything else that you have to pay for so being a fully grown adult is not as much fun as they make it out to be so um would love to go Who to the makes game it out to be fun <laughs> i don't know tv I, tv I makes it se- tv makes it seem pretty fun and then you live in reality and not tv and it's not as much fun but um no kidding so, so uh well with that let's let's um all the questions we have time for today, but let's take a real quick uh, look at our green and goldens for this week. Again, uh, I always like saying this. It's always harder to do in a victory uh, because it's kind of for a negative reason that we're giving it out, but it's always nice when it's more difficult because it means you're winning. So, um, Jacob, start with you. Your green and golden this week goes to whom? Uh, yeah, there's a couple. It's unfortunate because, I mean, one guy got fired and another guy faced family tragedy. So I got a feeling that's where we're going to go. But I'll give it to Mason Crosby. Uh, I think that if there's anything I've learned when you lose a loved one like that, sometimes a, a hug and a puppy, those things tend to fix quite a few things. Yes. Uh, so, And what Jacob is referring to, if you don't know, uh, Mason Crosby's uh, brother, uh, his wife passed away, what was it, uh Last Friday, I believe it was, yep. um, from cancer. And so he uh, flew out to uh, New York on Saturday, I believe it was, joined the team Saturday evening, played the game Sunday, and then immediately flew back to Texas to be with his family, uh, lost his sister-in-law over the holiday weekend. So uh, that's what Jacob's referring to if you are unaware. So a uh, very sad situation indeed. Um, I know my wife is right there with you, Jacob. Uh, Mason Crosby is her favorite player. I uh, was very sad to hear about it. So that would be her green and golden for this week as well. Um, Maggie, uh, your green and golden goes to? 
I'm going to give my green and golden to Annie because we didn't answer any of the questions that she sent us for this episode. Man, it's so almost, it's, like, man, it's almost like the host ignored all those questions. <laughs> Maggie just put the host on blast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to him next week. Um, I got a feeling you're lying. I same. <laughs> oh, Jacob, see, I have a feeling that Annie's going to hear about this, and I'm going to be forced to address it next week. <laughs> <laughs> what would give you that impression? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Just a couple of things. Being married, I don't know. Um, yes, Annie's green. And, Annie gets a green and golden this weekend because we didn't answer. So, if, you, if you're wondering, we'll give you a tease for next Wednesday. Uh, so she wants she wants to know. She has many questions. She wants to know if she can have a green and golden pick. She wants to know why Maggie is the best of the trio. Jacob, I think that's pretty self-explanatory from the two of us. Uh, yeah. Wants to know why <laughs> Matt LaFleur is so perfect. Wants to know why Mason Crosby is so perfect. When the four of us are all going to meet up and why does Nick suck at Twitter? <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot there about the Packers necessarily, um, but yeah, I mean, we can address those questions next week. So, if and by the way, if you're listening and you have any thoughts, feel free to share them on Twitter, especially the last one. I don't take any offense to that, <laughs> as I am well aware that Twitter is not a strong suit of mine. So, um, well, my green and golden this week uh, is going to a well, two former Packers at this point. Um, both of them kick returners. Trevor Davis was released by the Raiders and got an award to go to Miami. So that kind of sucks. Um, and then uh, Tremont Smith, uh, Packers have been on and off with him all season. Let him go this week. So always kind of sucks when players get let go. Good news for Trevor Davis. He was quickly picked up to another team. Um, but always kind of sucks when players get let go, even if maybe they have it coming for whatever reason. Uh, I know sometimes fans can be like, oh, thank goodness that player's gone. But reality is it's always kind of a bummer when players get let go for whatever reason. So that wraps up our Green Goldens for this week. Um, even in a win, we somehow managed to make this a very depressing Green and Golden. So um <laughs> With that, uh, yeah, stick around for next week when we answer all of my wife's questions that we didn't get a chance to get to today. And I'm sure that'll make for one hell of an entertaining podcast. So real quickly here before we wrap up, guys, Maggie, people want to follow your work, follow you on Twitter. How can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. My husband's Twitter is also in my bio. If you want to convince him to take me to London for a Packer game in a couple of years, don't do that. He'll get really mad. Don't do that. (laughs) Then I also write for Cheesehead TV. All right. And Jacob, people want to follow you, find your work. How do they do that? Uh, You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. Find my work over at Packer Report 66, 75% off. Well, going to be 50 percent off by the time you listen to that so if you missed that then that's unfortunate for you uh, but yeah check me out there see what uh see what you like see what you don't and uh let me know on all those things do not try and convince me to take my wife to london because the answer is no yes and uh well you don't need to bother tweeting at me as i don't really do twitter right now i'm taking a break from it. but if you'd like to feel free it's probably not the best use of your time but uh Maybe Twitter isn't the best use of anyone's time. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Make sure that, although while I just said Twitter, maybe not my favorite place in the world, 
Make sure you're following the Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Get all the latest updates on the podcast, new episodes posted. Uh, you can find all that on Twitter. Follow it at Packaday Podcast. And make sure you are liking and subscribing to the Packaday Podcast on your favorite podcasting uh, platform. You can find us pretty much anywhere, Packaday Podcast. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, let's make it 10-3 and three this weekend over the Redskins. I really shouldn't have to be worried about saying that, but my track record isn't great. But enjoy the game take this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, Maggie? I said take it back. Uh, well, maybe, maybe I'll just edit it out when we're done here. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hope you guys all had a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving, fun Thanksgiving. Hopefully there weren't too many family arguments. Uh, I know I didn't have any, which I was very thankful for. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, Go Pack Go! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.